Hello, all. This is Blonde Haired Girl. I I had this thing happen that I can't exactly explain to y'all right this minute. I'll have to do a podcast about it, but <laughs> um, I'm getting ready to go to the farmer's market. <laughs> and I had this thing happen, so I'm going to try to do a TikTok or a YouTube about it. Um, so you can go over there to... Um, um, and I will be explaining what happened today that was absolutely nuts. But anyway, <laughs> so I watched a uh, a YouTube. I think this guy's name is Gordon Jordan. I, 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 God, you know, I'm so bad with names. Uh, he's a He's a professor. I think he's Canadian. And he's been coming across my my feed a lot as somebody that I guess the logarithm thinks I would be interested in. And I do find him interesting. Uh, but anyway, he was on a panel today where they were talking about um, pronouns, uh, the putting into law the proper use of these pronouns. And and somebody was asking him his opinion about it because of something that he had said. And he was clarifying his his take on this thing. And I just found it really interesting what he had to say. Uh, so he was talking about um, the government basically putting these, these sort of, um, uh, God, how do you say this? Um, forcing people to properly use these pronouns under the disguise of uh, protecting these people. Uh, as in, I, I'm assuming trans people. And, and so this person was a bit confronting him about it, his take on it. And he explained that while he would, because he he has respect for these people. He would try to use their their uh, chosen pronouns for that reason, but not because the government is forcing him to do so. And he believes that the government forcing him to do so is a violation, I guess, of the citizens' rights to, I guess, free speech. This This was the premise of... And then there was a a person there who like is trans and was explaining uh, that it would be really great if these things did not have to be forced upon people, um, but that we weren't quite there yet is what this person had to say that I did not know actually through the whole interview and it was a video. I did not know this was a trans person. Uh, she... Uh, was beautiful, like really beautiful. Not that men aren't beautiful, but I mean, she was, you know, your classic uh, female sitting next to him. It never occurred to me that she had ever been a he. <clears throat> and so this is a little bit pertinent to me because I recently had a uh, a situation where I was asked, and everyone in the room was asked to state their their um, pronouns. 
<laughs> okay, now a person of my age and what I found out, they attend out all these demographics on my podcast. So most of you are in this age bracket of understanding where I'm talking about. Like we never grew up with this. Never. I mean, we never grew up with they and them. Like, like we just, it is just, I don't understand. Like I'm, and, 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 and if I say this, then people think that I'm anti-trans and I'm not anti-trans. I'm not. It's sort of like I was liking it in my own mind to, you know, if I don't jump into the Black Lives Matter group, I'm a racist. If I don't change, you know, my, you know, they want, they come up with these things every once in a while, you know, where they ask you to change your profile picture, you know, uh, to add to the collective on, on one subject or another. And I, I've never jumped on that bandwagon. So I guess that if people knew that I was not jumping on that bandwagon, that they would consider me a racist. And, and, and I, I'm not a racist. And so, and just the fact that I would even have to say that. Like, I was, I was, I was thinking about, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I was like, I don't even want to say I'm not a racist. I don't even want to say that because I, I, I really feel like my life demonstrates that. My life demonstrates, the way I live my life, the way I treat people demonstrates more so than me changing my profile picture, you know, and if it's not, and, and sometimes it's not my fight at that moment. Like I've got, I've got other things that I, other things that I'm focused on. And, and if I don't drop everything and jump on that bandwagon, it means that I am complicit, that I am a, a, you know, a racist or I'm, I'm complicit and I, in, in the, I basically it's saying that I'm a racist if I'm not willing to just drop everything and join a cause. <laughs> that's the, that's the shortest way that I can say that. Um, but, and and then I just, I sort of feel like, you know, and I've, I've been accused of like other things too, that, that I liken to this, like, like if I don't, if I don't use the word God, like I have people in my life that if I say, you know, this is an amazing picture from space or something. And, and then, you know, and like, yay, NASA for putting out this picture of space. And then I get this, this reply you know, well, it's God's creation. You didn't put God's creation. And, and I, I have this immediate feeling, firstly, you don't know me at all. Even though you may be in my circle, you don't know me at all because you would know who I am, how I live my life. And and my material, which I have banned a lot of people in my life from not listening to my material because I know my material would bother them immensely. And I don't want to bother anyone. I really don't. And I have, and I actually generally have no, um, if people get information out of my subject matter, I'm so happy with that. Um, 
And if it adds to their joy, if it adds to their understanding, if it adds whatever, I'm really happy with that. But I'm not here to proselytize to anyone actually about anything. Um, if you if you find my material useful, but people who really know me know that I my everything and, and I should not have to even and I don't even feel at this point like I have to explain myself. Like if if you don't know this about me, you don't know me very well and your judgment of me has no reflection on me whatsoever. Like I it's you know, I I don't have any I'm not going to change your mind about me. If you made your mind up about me, then I'm not going to change your mind about me. I don't care. Like think what you want about me. I know I know where I'm at. <clears throat> and so, but my bigger, my bigger issue having to do with the androgyny that is being pushed on our young people, that's what I'm more concerned about. That, that while trans people may think that this is a, a push to their rights or their respect for them I'm not so sure that the the people who are pushing this agenda actually have that in mind I'm not sure exactly what they have in mind but it's sort of like we're moving to this sexless society and and I'm not sure and, and I sometimes I've actually considered is this just because of my age that I'm being resistance to this maybe this is the wave of the future but I will tell you that I have enjoyed being female immensely in this lifetime. I'm not sure I've always been female, but I I enjoy being female. I enjoy female things that are like, even that they would say stereotypical female things. I enjoy them. And I, I enjoy, I I really am one that that really plays my femininity because I really like it. I like um I like being a mother. I liked being pregnant. I liked giving birth. I liked caring for young children. I like I like the characteristics that people would put on being female very much. Um and I also like maleness. I mean, I had an amazing example of what it was to be male in our society in my dad. My dad was, uh, he, but he was not your typical, he wasn't like your Archie, Archie Bunker type of male guy, stereotypical. He wasn't like that. My dad was very thoughtful, and, but he was also very strong and protective. My dad was very protective. Uh, but, and he was a strong man, like, um, and he took care of things. My dad just took care of things like, you know, the cars and, and he just got stuff done. And he, he used to try to teach me stuff. Like I remember going into the attic to turn on the pilot light. Yep. That was me, his daughter. He was always trying to teach me stuff. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but anyway, so 
so this this push for us to be androgynous like and 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 I'm not like sure it's like I got this really really weird thing even about this abortion topic because you know, I I hear things and I take it with kind of a grain of salt. Like I, I'm like, okay, you know, okay, is this true? And you know, and there's been some talks about that they really, really, really people who push abortion really, really want abortion so that they can use the stem cells in medical research as well as creating more body parts. You know, or you know, uh, being able to cure people of diseases and, um, you know, and then we've heard these rumors about, um, the tissues of fetuses being in, um, in, uh, these vaccines. <clears throat> okay. So I'm not going to say that I am a hardline pro-life person. I'm not, but I do recognize that when, we, when a woman has an abortion for various reasons, she is indeed ending a life, either a life or a potential life, because at six weeks, a baby's heart is beating. And so I think if we recognize, if, we, if I, 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 so I recognize and I recognize that there are times where stopping and beating a heart may be the most humane thing to do. And I'm, I've done podcasts on this and like kind of had this like joke. Well, it's not a joke, but like, like, okay, so people who are a hardline pro-lifer should not be euthanizing their dogs. They should not be euthanizing their dog when their dog gets really, really sick and end of life. Making end of life decisions for their dog is murder. And so it may be a slight difference, but I want, it's like just considering this, you are murdering your dog when you give them a lethal injection. And so I would, I would argue that there are times where it is the most humane thing and it is better to do this act when the, the baby cannot feel the effects of being euthanized or murdered because I mean we are we are killing a life or a potential life <clears throat> and so and so I'm sort of like in this really weird space with it all you know um but I do when I was confronted with this idea that the people who are really pushing this pro-choice my body my choice you know, and then they get these little, like, okay, so you've got the, these people who have an interest. Okay, so let's just say, I don't know who would have this interest. Medical researchers have this interest in, in the, the tissues of fetuses. Okay, so they have this interest in this. And so they, 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 they hone into this grouping of people who can do their, their bidding and go out and, to the streets and picket and fight for the rights of women. They're saying that it's the rights of women to actually have a choice over having a baby or not, but it's actually about something else. So you get all this free labor, labor in, and, and you use these people, they're useful pawns in a bigger cause. And so it was, it was plausible to me that that is actually what's going on. And I'm not entirely sure what the underlying issue of the, 
Black Lives Matter is, but I had I had talked in in about that I'm really really starting to have this understanding that the people who are actually in control of everything don't really care necessarily. I mean, they sort of care, but they but they have their agenda. And then they they appease people on both sides. So you have like seemingly like the Republicans and the and the Democrats and they seemingly stand on these platforms, but it's just none of them are really the agenda. They're just keeping us in these in these groupings to appease us, to to feed us the narrative that we like. So I like that narrative. And I don't like that narrative, so this is going to be my narrative. I'm going to go with that group. <clears throat> See, I mean, it's like rampant in Christianity. I mean, you got all your little sects of Christianity. Well, I don't believe in that, so I'm going to go to that church. I'm going to go to that Christian church. I'm going to go to that Christian church. I found it utterly fascinating. I, I, was, I was spending time with my sister and her family, and they were telling me that <clears throat> they were going to this church, and... And they were very close to like the pastor and his wife and like they had been going to this church for years. And then this pandemic thing came along and and they are of the mind that they they are not going to. My sister has never worn a mask. She wears a mask at work, but it's only because of her the type of work she does. And she's always had to wear a mask. OK, but but um, but. uh my sister has never worn a mask into a store. She never has, which I find fascinating. Like I wear a mask sometimes. When I'm asked to wear a mask, I wear a mask. Um, I'll actually look on the door and I'll just, you know, wear the mask. I don't really um, care about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. I, I mean, I'm just going to say that, but she did. And they were trying to force her son. Her son was not allowed to go to, to church without a mask. And her son has has a medical reason for why he cannot wear a mask. And they literally told them to find another church. They said, you need to find another church. Like they, they basically kicked my sister and her family out of their church, which I find unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then I, I, I just actually asked them because of the hypocrisy of this. So you have all of these Christian churches, this like non-denominational Christian type church going on, okay? And and so you've got the, the Christian churches that are wearing masks and are hugely into immunizations, or you got the Christian churches that are are basically not enforcing any of that. And so so once again, you can pick your church. Um, but I just couldn't, I just didn't understand what was happening. Um, and I, I mean, I just don't really understand it. And I know some Christians who have been vaccinated and some Christians who have not. And so, I, I mean, I honestly, it is just chaos. It's just chaos right now uh, um, to epic proportions. <clears throat> so last night, it was very interesting for me. I had run into some people. I went to a musical fest, music festival last night, and I ran into some people that were from an area that I'm thinking about moving. And they basically told me, don't move there. They said, don't move there. It, it like, 
somebody that the the there was there were two men and two women and one of the ladies said she had gone to a restaurant not in the exact town that I live in but wanted live in but like around there she had tried to go to a restaurant and they would not let her in without a vaccine card she could not eat at that restaurant without a vaccine card <clears throat> and so it got me to just thinking, you know, like taking pause, you know, because I had just done this podcast the other day about, you know, is there any way that this job may not require me to have this vaccine? And I don't know if it will or it won't. And But I think it's something that I have to ask them in, in all honesty. But here's one of the things that they did do that I just found fascinating was they did ask me, what are your pronouns during an interview? And, and I, and I have shared this, I did a, a whole podcast, p- podcast called non-binary, where I was, I was having a private session with somebody who I, I'm, I'm not really sure how she's, how, see, I keep calling her she, and she prefers to be called they, and I don't know how to do this, friends. Most of the time, most of the people prefer to use he or she. And so you have the exception who wants to be called they. And it is going to take us a while to get there. And it's not that I don't want to respect her pronouns. It's not that I'm doing this on purpose. It's just that my brain has been changed for as many years as I've been living to see them male and female. It's never been they except a group of people. They and them is a grouping of people. In my, they, I I don't know, is they a single person? Them? Um, I guess it can be or a group. I, I don't know. I may not be using language correctly, but I've just never used these terms before. And I got to tell you, this is going to take a while for me. And to always be asking, you know, now when I get emails, even at the job I have right now, I get these emails and some of them, you know, have their pronouns on their, you know, on their address book stuff. You know, they're always identifying their pronouns. And I'm, I'm, it feels like yet another club. It feels like yet another constraint. And if you don't abide by these constraints, there is something you are, you are not progressive. You are not thoughtful. You are like you're deemed something that you're not necessarily that. I don't know. But anyway, I just, I just felt the need to like um, do this podcast and talk about this a little more. Because I don't know exactly what the bigger agenda is with all of this making and and I and I don't even have any concern about it for myself, but my children, but my I got to tell you, I was never one of these gender specific type of parents. Like I, I didn't care if my sons played with dolls and my daughters played with trucks or like whatever. I was never into these gender specific anything except what happened was my children were just attracted to things. My daughter was a Disney princess from the moment she was born. 
And my sons were just attracted to, you know, they, and, and, and I'm not even in, I'm not into weapons, but my children were like pretending to shoot guns, like practically at birth. Like, and I, and I'm, and so I just know what I experienced as a parent. So I think that in some ways, these things really are inherent somewhere in the genetics of these differences, you know, that turn us into, into male and female. It was very interesting. I was watching something recently and I can't even remember what, and I did not know this, but like when the baby is in the womb, if there's more estrogen the, it goes to an XY chromosome, and if there's more testosterone, it goes to a XX chromosome. It was just nuts to learn about this, but but so it seems like not only is is the actual embryo itself, the genetic material, turning a person into a certain sex, but also on top of that, the environment that the baby is growing in and the woman's hormones have have a have a effect on that as well. And so <laughs> one of the things that has come to mind for me and I'm not saying this is true this is just something that has come to mind is trying to go to androgyny so that in the future like babies may not necessarily even be born the way they are now. Learning to like create babies in a in a in a petri dish. It almost feels like like there is this this and I'm talking about higher 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 up powers. I'm not even talking about powers necessarily that we can see. Um but turning it into to sort of like eradicating humanity from the planet through this this idea of this androgyny and and I but I'm just throwing this out as a as a um as a theory or an idea I'm not saying this is true but I'm just trying to find out why they would want our children and my, and my children are definitely, grow, they have grown into their, you know, my daughter's very female and my boys are very male. And so my children have grown into, and so they don't really have any kind of push towards androgyny whatsoever. But maybe younger children um, being pushed into this idea that they have to be androgynous and actually having shame around feeling either male or female, the opposite of what we grew up with. And it's just an idea and just something that I'm toying with. But anyway, I'm going to end this podcast and go to my farmer's market. Thank you for listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap. <laughs>